Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. This week, Pastor Ben Pitney brings a message titled, Draw Near to God. Join us in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, and Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 and 22. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. Good morning. Welcome to Vail Christian Church. I know that lots of you are meeting in your home or you're listening in your car or you're watching online in, in uh, some fashion. And I want to welcome you today. Even though we cannot gather together as a church on Sunday morning, um, we are committed to gathering like this. So as long as um, this goes on and we all don't know exactly how long we're going to have to meet in this fashion, but as long as we do, we're going to work really hard to communicate as best we can and live stream this. So thanks for tuning in. I believe that God has some really great things to say to us today. I think they're gonna be encouraging and inspiring and I think you're um, gonna have the ability to learn some things. So I wanna draw the truth out of the text today and um, show you how I believe that it applies to us and how God wants to speak to us today. So we're gonna uh, look at two passages of scripture. The first one is Romans chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to move over to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 and 22. So let me start by reading the Romans passage, and then I'll move on. So in Romans chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God on behalf of my fellow Israelites is for their salvation. For I can testify that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not in line with the truth. And then if you turn over to Hebrews chapter 10, which is the passage that I'm really going to teach from today, I want to start in verse 19, and then I'm going to show you how these two passages connect. So in Hebrews 10 verses 19, that's where we start. The Hebrew author says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have a confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in the, in the assurance that faith brings because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. So let me just kind of tell you that this passage in Romans chapter 10, these first two verses, this scripture had a, a, a huge impact on me in these recent days. Because this is where Paul's talking about his own people, his kinsmen, so to speak, the Jewish people. And what struck me here is that it's possible to have a zeal for God like these people. They are, um, he says, um, zealous, but they are not saved. That's kind of crazy. My heart's desire is for their salvation. So it's possible to have a zeal for God and be far from God and lost. So that's really my first point here, a zeal for God, for God, but far from God. 
they're not saved according to Paul. Why? That's the part that I can't get over. Why aren't these people saved? They're zealous for God. They're in fact part of the chosen Jewish people, right? But he prays for their salvation. So what's wrong? What's wrong with how they think? What's wrong with how they act? See, zeal or passion for God, it's important. We know it's important because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He goes on to say in Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, he says, because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth or spew you out of my mouth, spit you out of my mouth. And then two chapters later in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, Paul would say this. He'd say, do not lag in zeal. Be enthusiastic in spirit. Serve the Lord. Literally, he's saying, boil in the spirit. Be on fire. So we know that zeal is really important. So when you go back, though, now to the Hebrews passage, chapter 10, uh, I want to show you then how this connects, because I think this is really important. In these verses, there's, there's, there's one main straightforward command, and the command is draw near. That's what this writer wants us to do. He wants you to do. He wants me to do. Draw near. So I want you to look at these verses again because there's one sort of insistence or exhortation, so to speak, once you draw the truth out of the text. So let's just read Hebrews 10, 19, 22, just again. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter into the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in the, in the assurance that faith brings because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from, the, from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. So he has one simple, deep, you can call it high or holy, satisfying, seems almost impossible goal for us, his readers. And that's draw near to God. Well, it's not hard to find out why he's doing this. Since his favorite word, the, that's the author of this Hebrew passage right here, the, the passage in Hebrews. It's his favorite word. I just want to take three out of the seven times he uses it in the book of Hebrews, right? He says to come or uh, and several times this word, um, draw near. When you go to the original text, it, it comes in three forms, approach or come to or approaches. It's all the same word. Let's just go there. Hebrews chapter four, verse 16 says, therefore, let us confidently approach, there's the word, the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace whenever we need help. If you go to Hebrews 7, verse 25, he says, so he's able to save completely those who come to, there's the word again, God through him, because he always li lives to intercede for them. 
And then in Hebrews 11, verse 6, he says, now without faith, it's impossible to please him. For the one who approaches, there's the next word, approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So the great passion of this writer, right, of this author in Hebrews, and we don't know exactly who it is, but his great passion is that we draw near to or come to or approach God, that we come to his throne to find all the help we need, that we come to him confident that he will reward us with all that he is just for us in Jesus. And this is, I believe, clearly what he means here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Because verse 19 says that we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus. That is the new sanctuary or the Holy of Holies, like the inner room in the Old um, Testament tabernacle where the high priest met with God once a year and where his glory descended on the Ark of the Covenant. He's talking about that and how now we have Jesus. So the one command, the one insistence that he has here that we are given in Hebrews 10 verses 19 through 22 is to draw near to God. The focus of the, of, of the writer is that we get near to God, that we have fellowship with him, that we're not settling for a life that's distant from God, that God not be a distant thought, but near and present, truly reality, that we experience communion with God. So this drawing near, it's not a physical act. This is the part that I really like that I think is really applicable right now. It's not a building. And it's not building a tower like the Tower of Babel, like the people in the Old Testament did. They built a Tower of Babel um, in order to get closer to God. You can't get closer to God by your works. You can't get to heaven that way. It's not necessary uh, uh, um, to do that. And it's not necessarily going to a place or walking to an altar or down to an altar. It's an invisible act of the heart. You can do it while standing absolutely still. You can do it while you're lying in a hospital bed. You can do it while sitting in a chair, listening to a sermon, like right now, or sitting in your home or in your car. Drawing near is not moving from one place to another. It's directing our hearts into the presence of God, who's as near as the door of faith. He is commanding us to come, to approach him, to draw near to him. So let's talk about this first, uh, further because this is the heart of the gospel right here. In fact, this is the very heart of the New Testament gospel, that Christ came into the world to make a way for us to come to God without being consumed by our sin, by his holiness. That's what would happen that's why we can't be in God's presence if there's sin in our lives. The sin has to be washed, clean, covered. We have to be made new by Jesus. So 1 Peter 3, 18 says, 
Because Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, to bring you to God by being put to death in the flesh, but by being made alive in the spirit. Ephesians 2, 18 says, so that through him, that's Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. And then Romans 5.11 says, not only this, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation, or you could say restoration. This is the heart of the gospel, the heartbeat of the gospel. This is what the Garden of, um, of Gethsemane and Good Friday actually are, are all about. That God has done stunning and high-cost things to draw us near to himself. He sent his son to suffer and to die so that through him we might draw near. It's all so that we might draw near. And all of this is for our benefit and for God's glory. God is amazing like that. He can look out for our best interests. He can have our best interests in mind and bring glory to himself all at the same time. And he can do this and actually not need us. He doesn't need us. I don't know if you realize that or not. If we stay away from God, God is not weakened. He doesn't need us in order to be happy. He doesn't need us to be in fellowship uh, of the Trinity of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But he magnifies his mercy by giving us free access through his son Jesus in spite of our sin to the to bring to the bringing uh, um, to bringing us satisfaction, he brings us to satisfaction completely and forever because we are with him. That's what he does through Jesus. So that's God's will for you and I. That's God's heart for you and I. That we would draw near to God, but we have to go back and see some things. We have to kind of pull some things together. So I want to connect Romans chapter ten. Verses one and two to this passage. See, zeal is important, remember? Being passionate about God is important. And most fundamentally, this is a zeal to draw near to God, to be right with God, to enjoy a relationship with God. In other words, the main point of this text is that we would have zeal or a passion or a fire for the nearness of God. So let's talk about this. Zeal kind of coupled with knowledge. So if this is true, look how the text illustrates in Romans 10, verse 2, right, that a real zeal without knowledge is worthless and leads to destruction, actually. Everything in these verses, Hebrews 10, verses 19 through 22, is meant to help us draw near to God by giving us knowledge. You could say that it is all written so that your drawing near to God will be according to knowledge. So, it can, so that it can't be said, right? Like Paul says, I readily admit that the Jews are impressively energetic regarding God, but they are doing everything exactly backwards. That's Eugene Peterson's message. That's, that's the way he puts the verses. 
These verses right here are packed with knowledge about drawing near to God. They're packed around this insistence. Let's draw near to God to keep things straight and to keep things on track. Because what Paul was saying is, I'm praying for these people's salvation because they're zealous about God, but they only know about God. They don't truly know God and they don't know Jesus. Because this is what knowledge is for. It's for life. It's for clarity with our passion and our zeal. It's to bring this firm conviction It's to keep our heart burning with true zeal. So I want you to notice the word therefore at the beginning of of verse 19. So in the Hebrew passage in uh, chapter 10, verse 19, he says, therefore, let us draw near to God. This word directs our minds back to truth that has gone before. So if you back up to verse 14, he says, for by One offering he has perfected for all time those who are made holy, therefore draw near. In Christ, in Jesus, you who are being transformed by the Spirit day by day, you are now already before God perfected, he's saying. Therefore, because of this truth, draw near to God. Let your zeal for drawing near come from this truth. And then he quotes, in verse 17, he quotes the new covenant promise from Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31, verses 33 through 34. This is where he gets it. He says, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no longer. Therefore, draw near to God. Are you staying away from God because of the sins of your past or in your past? A lot of times I hear people talk like this. They will say things like, you know, um, I don't want to be hypocritical by coming to church. (laughs) Sometimes we feel like that we've got to kind of clean ourselves up and get our act together in order to be in God's presence. God is saying right here, I'm not going to hold these things against you if you know Jesus. I won't hold them against you ever. I virtually forget them. They're gone when you come to Jesus. Therefore, because of this truth, draw near. So the therefore in verse 19 points to truth and knowledge behind this passion or this zeal for drawing near to God. And then when he gets to verse 19, the main insistence or exhortation, you could say, let us draw near. It reads like this now. Since this is true, Therefore, draw near to God. So when you surrender your life to Jesus, he washes you clean, he makes you clean and acceptable to be in God's presence. You can draw near to God. So the command to draw near is as full of as possible of, of this truth. The sense clause in verse 19 since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, since things are true and you have this confidence, therefore, draw near. You're entering a holy place when you draw near to God. That is truth. So don't come carelessly or flippantly. Don't treat your relationship with Jesus carelessly or flippantly. But there's another truth the blood of Jesus, the Son of God, has been 
has spilt his blood for you and I so that your sins are forgiven and the holiness of God won't consume you and the way to God is new now. It's not the old covenant way with dead animals and priests who die and have been replaced. It's a living way with one sacrifice, one priest, Jesus. He's alive and he intervenes for you and I. And since this is true, draw near to God. In fact, it says in verse 21, this is the second sense right here, or sense clause. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, he's made a way for you and I by spilling his blood and giving us his flesh, like that curtain in the temple torn. And he is alive as your priest today, who will cover you and stand up for you and be your mediator in the presence of God. Since this is true, he says, draw near. Draw near according to this knowledge. Let's talk about that, draw near with a sincere heart part. Because this is where the command itself comes in verse 22. Let us draw near with a sincere heart. But he's not finished filling up this command with these truths around this insistence to draw near. He says to do it with a sincere heart in the assurance that faith brings. This is the the zeal that he wants us to have as we come to God. And it comes in the assurance that faith actually brings. Or as verse 19 says, come with confidence. Come with confidence. Our hearts are unreliable sometimes. I know that mine is. Our hearts can grow cold. We can drift away. They can become uncertain, making us feel inadequate. Our hearts can make us insecure. And so he puts this last truth at the end of verse 22. He says, your heart's washed clean from an evil conscience and your baptism was a sign of it. So he says it like this, we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. That's this last truth and it's the best one. So what does this have to do with me? I just have three things right here in the form of questions. Do you have a fire and a passion for God that comes from knowing him? And number two, do you have the assurance and confidence that faith in Christ brings? And last, have you been careless or flippant with your relationship with Christ? Because the blood of Christ so completely covers our sins and removes our guilt that the conscience can rest at peace, you see. When you surrender your life to Jesus in his way, that's what happens. Not because we're sinless. We, can't, we, we don't have peace because we're sinless. And not because our conscience doesn't sometimes accuse us or make us feel guilty. But, but because when it does, we, by faith, speak to it. And we can say when we know Jesus, I know I've sinned and I hate my sin. But we have a Savior, Jesus, who spilled his blood for us to take our sins and cover our transgressions. So, We can pray for fear to be silent. We can pray for anxiety to be replaced by being calm. We can pray for our conscience to be quiet. You can be at peace in Jesus 
if you surrender your life to him and his way. And because that's true, you can draw near to God. This is a passion for nearness to God that is according to the truth that we just drew out of the text. This is the sweet, personal, real knowledge that keeps our fire and our passion and our zeal on track if you get careless and you make some mistakes, you can become passionate again. You can become passionate again if you drift because of Jesus. And with this knowledge and this zeal, we can all draw near each and every day. Let me pray with you and we'll close. Thank you, Lord, for these truths. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for making a way for us. Some of us have a passion for for you, Lord, but it's not drawn out of truly knowing your son, Jesus. I'm praying, God, that if you're knocking on our heart today, that we might surrender our lives to your son, Jesus, and his way. That we might confess our sin because we're sinful and declare to you that we need a savior. Some of us don't have assurance and confidence that faith in Christ brings. Would you bring that assurance and confidence to us, Lord? Because now we have this knowledge that you're all about us. You made a way for us to draw near to you. And some of us today, God, have been careless and flippant with our relationship with you. Would you draw us back? Would you chase after us, Lord? Would you motivate us to spend more time in prayer and meditation with you, cultivating and developing our relationship with you? Thank you for these moments together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. Join us next week as Pastor Ben teaches out of Philippians and shares with us about Bathysphere and Mariana Trench Fish. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.bellchristian.com.